Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. Um, Last week, we did some broadcasting live from Digital Hollywood, and I ran into um, an old friend and a colleague who, um, you know, is kind of famous for a lot of the work that she's done in town um, in visual effects and on feature films. And now she has ventured into the world of virtual reality and immersive content. So I thought it would be fun to have her on the show to take us through um, another really big trend, which we've talked about many times, but we haven't like dug, dug in deep to, and that's location-based entertainment. So let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for Camille Salucci. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and Camille, Camille, I know you are at The Void now, and we're going to learn all about all the cool things that The Void is doing. But first, I wanted to have you fill everybody in on your background, because it's so interesting. Well, sure. Um, let's see. Since I was a little girl, we won't start that far back. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I did always want to be in media and be part of something that had people experience things they couldn't experience. Did you just hear that? Because it sounded like a like one of my notifications came in. Could you hear that? Um, or no, no, I didn't. I didn't hear anything. That it could have just been okay, me good. thinking. <laughs> no, because it was so so deep. What I was saying. Um, so so anyway, but I knew I always wanted to be in something, uh, that, um, made people laugh, um, or made people cry or had people experience something. And I realized that was, that was seemed to be the media. So, um, I kind of set my sights towards that and many years later ended up going to UC Berkeley. And while I was there, I met some people at, um, Industrial Light and Magic and somehow I was able to talk fast enough or slow enough or something, and I convinced them, or pleading enough, to um, let me be an intern, and what I would do for them was create their intern program. And so I, um, and magically, or miraculously, that was those two words combined, um, (laughs) uh, they said yes. So so I started there, and I feel so grateful because I feel like Industrial Light and Magic and Lucasfilm was really my, um, my grad school and got to learn so much and um, work on a, on a bunch of films. And particularly during that time, one of the films that completely changed my life was I worked on um, The Abyss. At the time, I didn't want to work on The Abyss because I was going to be on Ghostbusters 2, and I was super excited about that. Then they moved me over to The Abyss, and, you know, lo and behold, The Abyss changed my life because it was directed by James Cameron. And uh, down the line... Um, a number of years later, he reached out to me to work with him on Titanic. Um, and then working on that film, which at the time was also the film I should never work on because all the experts said nobody would see it and it was going to end Cameron's career and it would end my career and all of those things. So, um, But they were wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> was he fun to work with? Uh, fun is an interesting word for Jim. I probably wouldn't use fun. I would use uh, it was it was inspiring to see someone who is so incredibly talented in all the fields that he is. You know, and and one of the things I realized is his frustration is he thinks each of the experts in their field should be better than him at it because that's not his expertise. But the reality is is he is 
amazingly expert at so many different things um, and is such a visionary that that's where he gets frustrated and sometimes gets a, you know, a, a challenged reputation once in a while because of, you know, the, the way he expresses himself. Um, I felt really lucky to work with him and um, I learned a tremendous amount on that film and, uh, and found my way through, you know, through some of the, the personality um, things that can be challenging for other people. Well, you know, anybody who's kind of uh, passionate and a, a bit of an auteur often gets a reputation, but that, that you know, they're just, they just know what they want and they're hardworking and geniusy. Um, exactly. That's what, I, that's what I tell my eight-year-old all the time. I'm not being a bad mommy. <laughs> I'm an auteur mommy. Um, anyway, oh, so my you- God, I love that. We both have eight-year-olds, so I need, I, I need some of that. Um, so all right so that sort of launched you into the world of 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 visual uh visual effects and and that's that's where a lot of vr producers are now sort of coming from and do, do you think that's a trend because so many of you just understand the technology and artistry together and how to manage resources in both spaces well, I think that, you know, that's absolutely part of of that trend. You know, for me, part of my move actually has to do with my kid. Um, my move from film, which I loved and, and still love, um, uh, into VR was um, the hope that I could still be a mom. And, and sometimes it's challenging on film schedules, especially with shooting um, movies and hours and that kind of stuff. It makes it really challenging to be to be a mom. And I adopted my girl on my own, so that's a whole other journey. Um, and uh, anyway, so, so, I, so I started looking into a way that I could um, be present with her and still have a career in, uh, in the field that I loved or a version of the field that I loved. And it was kind of perfect timing because at that point, uh, the whole VR thing started to rise. Um, so for me, it was kind of a personal choice that then seemed to match, align with some of my skills. Um, cause I had a background in animation producing the little prince, um, which is on Netflix. Should anybody want to watch it? Um, a pride and joy and lifelong, a dream of mine to work on that movie. And, um, and then my visual effects skills, which the last one I did was the walk with, um, Robert Zemeckis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and uh, I think given, given the understanding of tech and the kinds of things you have to understand as a visual effects producer, uh, it, it, it translates well. It's not a perfect translation. You know, there are very different terms. It, a lot of VR is software development to the point where in film we would call it production and in VR we call it uh, you're in development, which are two very different terms, obviously, in the film world. Um, so... It's a it's an interesting journey which I'm definitely learning all the time and it's a really interesting merging of, you know, interactive and game technology with um content storytelling at um from a different perspective than some of the stories that are told in games, which there's some wonderful stuff obviously done in that field. Um but this kind of a coming together, it feels like of the film culture, of the game culture, and even of the theater culture because Oh, I love yeah, I the- people theater are, you know Right. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Speaking, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Please jump in at any time because I'm super good at run on run on sentences. 
Yeah, well, I, I've heard the theater <laughs> reference many times because you're you're sort of almost directing in a ra- in the round, and it's so much more um, direct to human the, the the experiences that you're creating. So so I love that analogy, having been a, a theater a theater major. Um, and you know, just as a side note, because this is talked about all the time, but why do you think there are so many women um, in VR on the producing and strategy side? Like, is it just because of skill set, genetic skill set, or, you know, just a coincidence? But why, why has VR become this wonderful place for women to take leadership roles? Well, it might be a couple of things. I mean, this is just, I'm just supposing here, and I probably have, should have given that more thought than I have. But, you know, there's also a, a number of women that are involved, certainly in visual effects on the producing side. Uh, so moving from that into to VR, that seems, that seems like that part of the trend might be there a little bit. And then, you know, from my perspective, I'm a woman in VR who's also raising a child and wanting to have that find a way to balance that in some sort of way and both Google Spotlight Stories and The Void are giving me um, the, the flexibility and ability to do that um, and so that may also have something to do with it and then uh, I also think we're, we're women are also having a stronger voice and moving into things that they really want to work on and VR because it wasn't already set you know um, 50, 60, 80 years ago as to how the system worked, I think women are kind of stepping into roles and um, working from a place of empowerment. Yeah, that's a great way to to, uh, to set it up. And we're going to take a break in a moment, but one of the things, what you've done most recently is take a, take a, a role, an executive role at The Void, and The Void is a company known for location-based entertainment. Um you know, which is basically having this experience with VR in a physical space. So I'd love for you when we come back, you know, to, to really dive into, uh, you know, what location-based entertainment is really, you know, all about. And, you know, um, especially The Void. Um, and if you haven't heard of The Void, The Void was really one of the first companies, I think, in the U.S. to um, achieve um, building a space, having it be really amazing, and having everyone all of a sudden go, oh, my God, this is a way to monetize VR, right? Yeah. With the, yeah, with the space the, the space, um, the space in New York. And had you, um, had you been familiar with The Void before you took your role? Had you been to a lot of the centers? I had not. I, um, I had heard about The Void because it was the thing that everybody talked about before they even opened New York. Um, uh, a few years ago, I went to Sundance, and I don't. You tell me when we need to break. But just in a in a in a quick synopsis, I went to Sundance um, in particular to support a couple of my other friends who are out of visual effects and into VR, um, who were on panels, both Jackie Barnbrook and Kim Adams. And so I went there to support them, and that's kind of where I got the entree into it. And at that point, we started hearing about this thing called the Void, and uh, and had learned that it was something beyond what anybody was doing at that time. So I was really curious about it. And it started in, you know, Linden, Utah, outside of Salt Lake City. So it was kind of an interesting place to have this incredible technology and creativity um, be born. And the, f- the first experience that we all heard about was, was it su- in a Sotheby's? Is that correct? It was, oh, it was called it w- Serpent's Eye. It so, was okay. the first one. 
I think it was one of the first ones. They, they might have done other things before that, some tests, but sort of the first one that I know of that they were bringing people through was called Serpent's Eye, something that was created and um, creative directed and inspired by uh, Curtis Hickman, who is the, our chief creative officer. All right, well, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk more about location-based experiences and entertainment and what are the the consumer trends around that and then, you know, what is The Void doing right, really, um, because they're launching so many new spaces and really the first to market to partner with Hollywood in so many different ways. So we're going to be back with the fabulous Camille Salucci, um, a good friend and experienced uh, entertainment executive, Um, who is now taking on the mantle of location-based entertainment um, as she moves through more wonderful moments in her career. So we'll be back on the TechCat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hey, everybody. We're back on the Tech Cat Show, and we've been talking to Camille Salucci, who is an entertainment executive and is now at The Void, um, championing um, wonderful business models in location-based entertainment. Um, So, Camille, we were just about to talk a little bit more about the trends surrounding um, location-based entertainment and what The Void's been up to. So, can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Sure, and I also am just wondering to roll back just a little bit for those who may not um, have experienced the void or know what the void is. Maybe I give a, just a little bit of, of yeah, information around that, right. and then we can then we can kind of move into some of the trends and other things. So um, the void is this magical experience where they've um, blended the uh, basically the physical with the virtual, so that um, when you Curtis. Hickman talks a lot about, you know, sort of the path to conviction. Um, And in film, we talk about, you know, suspending disbelief or whichever, but the path to conviction is a little different because what we want to do is have the physical things that are represented around you or some of the senses that you might have if you were going into a cold place or going over a warm place or um, feeling mist or that kind of stuff. We actually have all of those effects within the void, the physical effects as well. So your brain really believes that you have stepped into this other world. And the other really important aspect of the void um, that I think addresses some things with VR is that you do it with friends. So you do it with... uh, 
we take four people at a time through the experience and uh, they have a chance to, to have this whole thing happen together and you can see each other's avatars. So you can see what your friends are doing and that kind of thing um, as you go through. Does that make enough sense? Yeah, totally, totally. And um, we, we have talked on this show before about the phenomena of these family centers in China. Um, and a lot of that is because of, you know, um, just culturally, you know, all these sort of teenagers and even families leaving in the evenings to go somewhere else to have entertainment just because homes maybe not be so large or just because culturally that's just what they do. So what, what's happening in the U.S. to, to support location-based entertainment facilities? Well, I think one of the things is is that, I mean, obviously The Void made a really smart decision in starting to partner with some beloved properties, right? So it's one thing that will bring people out is, you know, so many people love Ghostbusters and had such a fun time and have, you know, dreamt themselves wanting to be able to bust ghosts or whatever that is. So um, so that was, the, that was one of the ones they went to market with first. And that's still running right now at Madame Trousseau's in New York. Um, it's running in the rec room in uh, Toronto and also running um, in Dubai. Um, so, so that's running right now. And then the other one that they partnered with was Star Wars, um, or is Star Wars, and came to market with that. And so with those kinds of titles, you naturally pique pe- people's interest, which has been a terrific thing. Um, uh, and... I'm trying to think about how I wanted to say the next thing, but I'll just continue. Um, so anyway, <laughs> like my brain but, but when, yeah, when you have such popular IP, people want to come and check it out. And then they're, you know, they're enchanted by this combination of, of having the virtual reality experience, but then the physical environment, it's kind of a mind blow when you're walking and touching what you're also seeing in VR. That, that's the, yeah. the mind blow about it. So it's involving all the senses and even smell and temperature and all of that. Um, is it all yeah. backpack experiences then um, at the void? So yes. you, you show up you yes. show up and- at this point, it's all backpack and um, sort of a proprietary um, HMD combination of um, a backpack, uh, a backtop via uh, computer that's in your backpack. So you're wireless. So you, that's the other thing is you don't have any cables that are, um, tying you to something or for you to turn around and get tripped on. <laughs> and, and is there is there like an average consumer age in the U.S. that's going to these? I mean, is it, you know, millennials? Is it uh, tweens or teenagers? Are whole families going? Like who's really, um, you know, the audience in these environments? Um, it really depends. It depends on who, um, on which, it, it's interesting because we've learned a lot about different locations. So it's all about where the location is as to what the trend is. So, for example, obviously in Orlando and downtown Disney, we see a lot of families going. Um, in downtown Disney, we also see a number of repeats that are just friends or whatever that go because they consider that kind of their park and they go to that area more often. Um, in Las Vegas, we're starting to see, which we just recently opened a few weeks ago, um, we are seeing... Uh, people who, you know, tend to, the average stay there is like 48 hours and people make their plans right there. And so we're learning about that audience. In London, we had um, it being more sort of millennials and um, maybe it's Gen X. I'm not sure which, which title it is now. But basically, you know, kind of 17 to 34-year-olds has been, has been a sweet spot for sure. 
Um, we take as the lowest age we take is 10 um, and being like 48 inches tall in part just because the headset and the backpack are heavy um, or somewhat heavy. So, uh, so we want to make sure that they're comfortable going through. And, um, but we've had people, you know, in their 80s go through. I brought my mom who's 83 and she was blown away. Um, so we've, we've, we really can appeal to, to all of the ages. Um, oh, no, I love that. I, lo- I love that the, that the, um, where the, the experience is, whether it's at a park or where the location is, is determining who's going to show up, which makes total sense. And you can see how you can build, you know, business models around it. And is, is Hollywood who's coming to the void or is the void going to Hollywood? Like, how is that sort of exchange happening? Well, it, 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 it was definitely, I think, more the void going to Hollywood in the beginning, uh, to a certain degree. Actually, that's not true necessarily. Um, I think what happened, I'm going to rephrase that, because in essence, what, what Curtis and James and these guys did was they, um, they created a great experience, and then the first time they showed it was at TED, and Michael Abrams from Disney had a chance to see that. And TED is the, you know, the TED conference, the big one that they do in Vancouver. And they set the whole thing up there. And Michael Abrams saw it. And then, um, you know, Disney became interested in what they were doing. So it was a little bit like build it and they will come was, seemed to be a little bit of the philosophy. Um, and, and now what's happened is there were some skeptics about, you know, what is this really going to be and what is it going to do and is anybody going to come to see it? And once now that we've released Star Wars, we have a tremendous amount of interest because the numbers have been good and people have been going and going multiple times. Yeah, I, I think um, most often I've heard over and over again people saying that they have these I um, aha moments with, with VR and that um, the location-based experiences are where a lot of them happen like for your mom where it just all sort of comes together. So uh, you're, you're now the head of production um, um, at the void. And what, what, what does that entail exactly? Um, it entails a number of things, you know, the void um, is, uh, is, is a startup still. Um, and so, you know, in startups, a lot of times we wear a lot of hats, um, all of them, you know, everyone's passionate about making this vision and, and seeing it be um, a huge success. So for me right now, my main focus is content and, and looking at, you know, what kinds of experiences we're going to be doing. Um, uh, so it's from thinking about what we're going to be doing and what are going to be the future experiences, how are we going to program those experiences, what that looks like. And the programming part involves a whole host of people because unlike film with The Void, we're part of everything from the beginning to the end. It's like we're the, we're, we're, you know, we're part of making the thing. And then we're also, you know, the Cinemark out there displaying it and working with staff and all those kinds of things. So there's all these things that are very interesting to keep in mind um, when making a void experience. So, um, so I do that and then also get involved in the current uh, shows that we are or experiences that we are producing right now we've got two um two primary ones in production and so i'm i'm very involved in those as well and is it like um doing a vr movie is you know similarly or because you're dealing with a set now that doesn't move like is forever <laughs> exactly exactly is it a, is it a different you know? is a different different sort of thing 
It's different in that, um, well, there's a couple of things. One is if you're doing a VR movie and you're releasing it to the home, say on Steam or something, you pretty much, I mean, you have an idea. Um, you have a, a certain level of freedom because you're not dealing with, with the same level of physical uh, constraints that you might be in the void. Um, because there are, we have a physical stage that we're mapping the VR to. We do have flexibility within that stage. We've built that specifically so we can be flexible around our experiences and guide people through different experiences in different ways and create all kinds of terrific illusions for people that would be harder to do at home. Um, so there, there are pros and cons to, there are definitely pros and cons to both. Um, but what we've also become pretty clear on is one of the things that it seems to be happening is that these location-based centers are introducing people who have never been um, in VR to VR and what that might be. So it's become a really great point of entry. Um, right, and right. then hopefully people will go home and do you know, a longer experience or a different experience or a connected experience, which is also what we're starting to talk about with some of these various IPs, is how do we interconnect some of the some of the things. So like um, an experience after, so if I go and do something at a void center and then I come home, you guys are releasing additional VR experiences for the different platforms? No, I mean, no. What we're doing is partnering with people who are doing that. So oh, okay. Let's okay. say you have a piece of content, and there's a group that are making a home VR experience, and they'd like to have something for the void, um, or they'd like the void to be part of that uh, that experience in some sort of way, because that will introduce a lot of potential. Um, we call we we refer to everybody who goes through the the void as our guests, because they really are our guests in our in our home, and we want to make them feel welcome and all of that. So. Um, what will happen is someone who might be making a, a VR home experience realizes the void might be a way to introduce their audience to their experience. And so we start talking about, well, how do we do that? And one of the key things that goes back to your original question about physical environment is we found that it's best to design for the void first around the physical restrictions because you don't have those same restrictions at home. So then you can apply those to the home experience in an easier way. Well, so it's so interesting. It's such a different way of uh, thinking about things. And you're right; it's very theatrical, you know, because it's you're in you're you have a set and you're in um, you're storytelling inside the set, and people are coming to the theater. Um, and I've and I've heard a lot that they're hiring theatrical directors to get involved in VR because of that. Is that is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one of the it's it's one of the places to pull from for sure because theatrical directors have a um, have a better sense of not being able to control where the audience looks. The big difference is that the audience is also in your scene. So designing places for 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 the audience or the guests to be able to explore and discover and create their own story. In essence, you know, that's one of the things that I think The Void really does beautifully is, you know, bringing in people to make memories together, regardless of the technology, regardless of the backpack. They get to play out their own version of the story and share that with each other later on. That's so cool. All right, we're going to have to take another break, um, but when we come back, maybe we can talk a little bit. Um, more about some of the trends, um, you know, across the board in universe of content and where you think some of these um, 
location-based experiences and entertainment are going to go. So we're going to be back with Camille Salucci, who's the head of production at The Void, a well-established location-based entertainment um, company, I guess you could call it, uh, making great VR experiences, immersive experiences. We'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back on the Tech Cat Show, and we've been talking to Camille Salucci, who is the head of production at The Void, which is a location-based entertainment company, um, creating great VR experiences that take place in an environment. We were just talking about some trends in location-based experiences, and it's not only just what The Void is doing now, but there's other trends sort of bubbling up all, all, all over in this space. Uh, right, Camille, can you share with us some of the, some of the things you're seeing? Yeah, I think, you know, the big thing is is that people are realizing that, um, at least in the industry, and I think from the audiences and um, people's response, the guests out there in the world, um, is that location-based entertainment is a really great way to, um, to expose people to VR. And so one of the things that we're noticing is there are definitely other forms of this, different pop-ups that are happening and people are experimenting with and seeing how it works. Um, and trying new things. I mean, one of the things that we say at The Void is this, this year is definitely about experimentation and discovery and learning because nobody knows all the answers in this new, new world of VR and location-based entertainment. And we, we realize that the only way we're going to find out is we have to go out there and do it. And that's what we've been doing is marching full speed ahead to, to do this and learn and learn from our mistakes and respond to our guests and, and have an interactive dialogue um, with uh, the people that are coming to the Void locations. And one of the things that I've noticed is that um, it's not just, you know, VR. It's other location-based entertainments like escape rooms, like um, interactive museums, like, you know, there's um, Meow Cat um, that uh, is also super interesting, or, or immersive theater where um, in San Francisco right now they have something running called the Speakeasy where the actors are all around you and you walk through the space. It's like a three hour performance and, and they have over 40 actors and you get to listen and you get to choose who you're going to listen to or what part of the show you're going to see or what rooms you're going to walk into. So I think people are craving this kind of new and unusual experiences where they have agency and choice in what they, you know, see and experience and do. 
Is that? Do you think that's also because um, you know right now um, home entertainment has become so sort of easy that people have been staying home and obviously shopping centers are suffering from that. So now there's this real push to come up with new creative ideas to to get people out of the house and to do interesting things and it'll create more you know economy you know drive more retail drive more engagement across the board mm, i think that's a i think that's a a great comment about it i also think that um some of these things you know I, I don't know what the relationship is for sure this is just an assumption i'm making but you know because people are so often on their phones and on you know in in different kinds of social media and media at home and that kind of thing that these kinds of interactions when you're together you know people are not on their phones in escape rooms you know they're 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 all engaged together doing this experience and finding out how to, you know, escape. Um, and so I think maybe that also has a bit of it is the interconnectedness of people and, um, and having that shared experience becomes, it becomes something that becomes almost more important when you're not doing it as much in the forms that we grew up with. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Because um, somebody, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to do an escape room for somebody's birthday party. And um, I remember just thinking, I don't really like closed-in spaces. <laughs> so I, but, but I do like theatrical experiences. And I remember New York when um, it was Tony and Tina's wedding, you know, back in the yeah, 70s, right. 80s. Um, and then it was Sleep No More was another one, right? Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, Sleep no more, and and there's another one by Third Rail calling, and then she fell, which I'm going to see this uh, in New York. And um, that stuff is, is just so so exciting and so interesting, um, uh, and, and kind of magical because I, I was a theater major, and so and I st- trained at Tufts University um, in an arena theater, a kind of famous arena theater, and it was the best place as a drama student to learn because there's no wall. And so, right. you you know, and it's the same thing in VR in that you have to really pay attention to where the camera is, right? There's no shot where right. you can hide hide the camera. Are, are there new techniques that you guys are coming up with or new narrative approaches um, when, when you're planning, you know, experiences at the void? Like, you know, is, is it breaking open storytelling in a different way? Well, I think it's breaking open storytelling in a different way simply because you're, as, as I say to people, we're no longer telling stories. You know, it's, it's more like people are living out stories within a context that we create. So I think we're more um, curating uh, story possibilities for the guests. So that means you have to follow a few different paths and think about um, what kinds of interactions might be compelling and interesting for the guests to discover and um, interact with. So is someone literally like making an Excel document of like what one person could possibly do? Um, like, a, like a tree almost of, okay, if they make a left here and interact this way, this will happen. And so they have to like literally, when you're planning an experience like this, you have to plan every single possible uh, you know, situation. Well, it's a little different in the void. We absolutely did that kind of thing at Google, 
um, because we had to look at all the, we, we had different branching narratives where if someone looked at something and then they looked at it again, it would behave in a different way or they might see something that they didn't see. And so that's like a, a big, ma- some of it was a massive Excel, Excel spreadsheet. Some of it was really smart kind of ways of visualizing it and top-down views and the way people go through. With um, the void, because it's a different kind of model and we're looking at throughput, um, we don't have people necessarily exploring and going all in different directions because we're bringing groups through in different ways, but we have to manage that to make it actually a business model. You have to have a certain level of throughput and a certain level of people going through. So that is more curated in that in each area that they're experiencing, they have agency, but at a certain point, we kind of move them into the next um, the next part of the experience. Because it's just... Um literally uh, fascinating, you know, what's going to be happening with, with all of this. Um, and, and do you think that the that location-based experiences, when you talk about them, you know, because we have this discussion all the time at the Television Academy about um, where will LBE experiences fit when it comes to awards? So do, do you guys think of it as, um, you know, is it a whole new category or... You know, would this fit into discussions about gaming or is it uh, theater or like where does it sit if you had to give it an award? Well, I think ultimately it's a new category. Um, I think it's because it's, it's a mix of all those things and we're inventing, everybody's inventing it as we go. Uh, so that's, that's my instinct because it's hard to like, put this in the same category. You could put it in, like in, in the Visual Effects Society right now, they do have um, sort of a, you know, streaming award. Um, and uh, so you, so that's where, for example, because it was done in a real-time engine, not streaming, sorry, but a real-time engine, um, we, you know, we submitted Scenaria for that. And so you're finding some different places where these, where the, and that was a Google Spotlight story where you have award categories that it sort of fits into. But ultimately, I think as things start to settle out and people get a better sense of all of this, um, it will ultimately hopefully be its, its own category. I know Pearl with Spotlight Stories, which is a wonderful, wonderful VR piece, um, Pearl, they actually then did a 2D version of it in order for it to qualify for an Academy Award nomination, which it did receive in the short animated film subject, so right, I and we, and we gave it we gave it an award too for um, interactive media Emmys. So that one last exactly. year. Um, so exactly. so there's different. So awesome. there's right. So there's different. So once something happens in an LBE environment, similar to VR, where sometimes you spit it out in a different format, so so more audience can access it you can see LBE experiences having a longer life in different formats, like taking that IP and sort of bending it and flexing it to fit other distribution solutions, right? Yeah, I think there. I think what we're going to see more and more, too, is sort of a coming together of, of, of different kinds, you know, the, perhaps the same, as I was starting to say earlier, sort of the, the interconnectedness of uh, different properties. So that, you know, you have a void experience and that might be connected to a home experience and maybe that's interconnected with a game experience that's connected with a, you know, AR experience, et cetera. And and there are ways that, you know, all of those will stand on their own. But should you should you be a part of that 
that universe, you would have a more enriching experience with those things all being connected. So, so, uh, so real 360 cross-platform sort of experiences where you get a little taste of the IP in, in, in any way that you can access it, you know, in the best yeah, and for- forms. Exactly. And, and some ways, you know, if you want to go longer and, and deeper, you do the home experience. And um, if you want to, ha- you know, and, and, and I don't think anything's mutually exclusive. I think they can all live in the same space and all build upon each other and hopefully make that an even more enriching experience for the audience. I would love to build um, an escape room for my daughter and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would since be I, happy to join her. <laughs> yeah, since I can never find her and she's never where I want her to be and she's already escaping. <laughs> um, so, and and just, just speaking of kids, because you mentioned 10-year-old just because of the physical uh, issues surrounding wearing a backpack. Ha- have you guys looked into, okay, what is the appropriate age for this, not just from a content perspective, but... You know, has there been any conversations about VR is not really appropriate for under this age? Because um, I know there's studies about brain development and all of that, but I haven't really heard anything conclusive. Exactly. I mean, I've heard different studies, and I know that I think Oculus releases with an age 13 um, uh, age limit uh, or suggestion. And I think um, for us, uh, you know, I think 10 came, it came through in a couple of ways. Um, one, as you say, is the, is the heaviness of the backpack. Some of that may be looking at brain development and, uh, some of those areas. I think because it's a fairly short experience, um, you know, I don't know that the brain development is as impacted as if you were in VR for a long time. But honestly, I, I don't, there are other great experts that would be able to answer it answer that question in more detail I know my daughter is always excited about it when she sees um, like those VR even just the chairs um, at at malls and things like that like she's very aware at 8 of VR being an exciting experience having played with it before having been you know used paintbrush and other things like that so you know I know that she's already really excited about it um, and, and it looks like you know, there's so much more to come so um, we're going to take one more break but when we come back I would love to hear from you you know just as someone who's now head of production at this wonderful company you know what are you doing to keep up and how do you keep in touch with all the latest trends and um, you know content opportunities um, and production solutions and also maybe a little bit about what's coming up next for The Void um, so we're going to be back with Camille Salucci the head of production at The Void and um, who has done all sorts of interesting things in content and filmmaking and will uh, maybe give us uh, enlighten us some more about where all this is going or or just you know give me some more things to do with my eight-year-old I'm not really sure (laughs) we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. 
Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody. And we are back for our last segment with the fabulous um, and lovely, if I may say so, Camille Salucci, who is the head of production at The Void. <laughs> Girl, you know, we're allowed to say that to each other. It's not to me, too. Um, or it is <laughs> me me also. Me also lovely. Yes. Me, me lovely. Yes, exactly. um, so how do you keep up with all of this stuff, Camille? Because uh, before you, you took your um, your fabulous role at The Void, um, you always had your fingers in things, and it, it takes a lot to keep up with this stuff. So uh, are there certain shows that you go to, certain um, Twitter feeds or or uh, blogs? or what? How do you keep up with all this madness? Well, I do my best, and, and some of it is just I keep putting my head down and working on the thing that I'm working on. But um, one of the great things that we have at, at The Void, which is great, is like a Slack channel that's just VR industry news. And so one of the things that's terrific because everybody, I mean, the great thing is, is there's tons of stuff out there to read and be part of in VR. So um, there are different things at, uh, you know, on YouTube that we're constantly getting, um, you know, what's happened at some of the latest film festivals, whether that be Tribeca, which is a big VR or coming up, um, some, of the, some of the other festivals that are coming up that we uh, follow and then also different conferences. So I learned a lot at the way I, the way when I wanted to get into VR, the thing that I did is I, I it was a great investment, even though it was a lot of money for me at the time. And I bought a full price ticket to GDC in San Francisco and I did their VRDC track. And I, I just sat on every, sat, sat in on everything I could learn about and, and every panel I could talk to. Um, so that was one. And for a long time I was getting a lot of my information from upload VR there are also um, groups, you know, uh, women in VR and that kind of, those kinds of groups on Facebook um, and different communities that are helping update everybody. Um, in addition to, um, there's also some meetup groups about VR. So it's anywhere and everywhere that I, that I do my best to, to grab as much information as I can um, while still finishing my work because you spend days and days and not read everything, right? Or follow everyone. Well, yeah, you Um, have an actual job to do. So, you know, keeping up with this stuff is hard. And and, um, are you seeing any overall trends also just in the industry as a whole? I mean, do you think that over time everything is going to have some immersive component to it? I think that's very likely from what I'm hearing. I mean, I think the first the first trend that we're starting to see and is going to continue to see is wireless. So, you know, no more tethered experiences is I think the, the first thing in terms of 
regular VR experiences that everybody's pushing towards and obviously continuing to up the frame rate and up the, you know, up the, the fidelity of it. So the experiences are more, more immersive. So that stuff I think will absolutely happen. But um, as I, as I've sat on some wonderful panels and learned from some other great experts, there are levels of this that will be, I think, um, having an opportunity to impact all kinds of different ways of life. Um, and it will continue to, you know, and I think some of that's definitely, you know, the push in AR. Um, so you're interacting with your environment in a different way um, than you would without it. Uh, so, and not, you know, it'll start with some of these little tabletop AR things that, um, that you see some characters running around in a certain, certain location, right, that you can see with via AR, even using your phone or whichever, whichever AR app you might be using. But I think it's going to get into all, all areas from, you know, I, I really see a trend in health, an opportunity in education, an opportunity in a, in, in a number of ways that what I would love to see is how, you know, kids get to learn differently because this, this new technology will allow them to immerse themselves in a world that um, can come to life so that, you know, I, I kept thinking, I wish every kid could see Hamilton, for example, right, um, right. Or in America be, studying yeah. history. Oh my and, God, that would be amazing. And, you know, because, because, and, and you could sit inside the, the show itself, you know, um, I think, I think those kinds of experiences allow the brain to learn and take something home in a very different way than reading a textbook and trying to memorize all the information. So yeah, I, I love, really I love that, that idea. Is the void looking thing. at creating B2B environments for training, you know, things like that, that will never, you know, won't see the um, general, the general audience won't see, but more on the B2B side? You know, we haven't, we don't have that as a segment yet. Um, you know, we're looking at what are ways, you know, we are very much like the, the movie theater business in terms of where our, where our highest peak audiences are, right? So it's going to be weekends, it's going to be, you know, towards the end of the weeknights and that kind of thing. So we have these wonderful spaces and we're going to continue to have more. So the answer to that thing is, you know, watch on thevoid.com uh, to see our new titles coming out and, and our new locations opening up. Um, but uh, you, you basically trying to figure out what is going to be a really wonderful use for it during the daytime. And I begin to wonder, are certain types of, um, you know, team building relationships in companies uh, something that might be interesting to do at the void? Or maybe there's a B2B thing and ultimately interconnecting different voids, you know, in different places is a, is, is a way down the line um, idea. So we're sort of looking at how do we how do we do all of that and what do we look like, you know, in 2020 and in 2025. Yeah, I love I love those conversations because all this stuff can be applied to so many uh, different verticals. Um, what about um, where can we learn more about what the void is doing when when you guys are going to be opening new centers near us and w- what's the latest? Yeah, yeah, totally. So the latest really is on um, is at uh, thevoid.com. And um, that's our that's our main website, and you can find um, you, you can find most of the information there. We also have some Twitter handles and things, um, you know, at the void that um, I was just going to try to pull them in front of me um, that you can you can use as well that can be helpful for um, uh, for following what's happening with the void. Uh, let me see, I was just going to try to find it, but but those at, are the, those at are the, the void. Main. 
<laughs> yes. At the at the void. Um, yes, exactly. So and are you are you for all of them uh, for Twitter, Instagram, so, and um, and Facebook? Okay, so at at the at void, the, and at, then at, at no, sorry, let me correct that. It's at void vr. At Void VR, so no the okay at Void VR, and that's where we can find you on all the various uh, social channels. And then, what about you, social Camille? Channels, you and then the website is thevoid.com. And then I am I'm on LinkedIn, but other than that, I have been so snowed under that I haven't found the way to be the great social media person. So, <laughs> I know that's be- super sad. But it's one of the way I can get to stay current. I mean, I think it's okay. I think, you know, you're making stuff, and that's important. (laughs) Yeah, you know, between making stuff and and taking care of my kid, I asked if it was a prerequisite for me being at the void, and I keep wanting, I have the the vast desire. I just haven't figured out how to create a 25th hour in the day to do it. (laughs) No, I believe me, I know. And for those of us that this is all we do, there's not enough time to do it. So I I totally get it. Um, You know, it's just so exciting to learn about, you know, a new sort of content area and especially having uh, Hollywood people wrap their mind around narrative plus gaming engine, um, which is an endless discussion, um, you know, for people in in town who don't want to say it's a game. It's no, it's a story. No, it's a game and how they will eventually come to see that, you know, it's all coming together here in this environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, which is, is, is so exciting. Um, and is there any VR experience that is your favorite to date that may not be um, the voids, but just something that you would recommend everybody see that kind of was life-changing for you? Well, I would, I mean, besides, of course, going to Secrets of the Empire, which was totally life-changing for me, um, uh, you know, Pearl is still one of my, one of my favorite VR experiences. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's a beautiful piece. It, it answered the, the big question was, you know, can VR create empathy at the time that Pearl was released? And can you actually care about these characters? And um, I think that that piece in particular is, you know, will, will remain one of my, one of my deep favorites. Oh, that's great. Well, that's a good note to end on. Um, We have been talking to Camille Salucci, who's the head of production at The Void, one of the top location-based entertainment companies right now globally, um, really um, driving the industry, especially in the U.S., and Camille is going to take them to the next level. (laughs) (laughs) So you can find out more about The Void at thevoid.com and Void uh, VR on all the social media channels. And it's been great talking to you, Camille. Thanks so much for, you know, dropping so many insights about this exciting new mode of storytelling. Thank you so much. And Pearl, they can find via Google Spotlight Stories. That's That's where you find Pearl. And and that was where you, that's what you worked on prior. So it's so great. All right. Well, everyone check out The Void. And we'll be we'll be yeah. um, uh, I'll be interviewing live uh, the rest of this week at Augmented World Expo. So we'll hear some interviews next week on the show from another great event in the immersive content space. So thanks everybody. Talk to you next week, and thank you, Camille. Yeah, you're welcome. Great to be here. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 